chapters twenty seven and twenty eight of the measure of a man a tale of the big woods by norman duncan this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty seven bound through it turned out as fairmeadow had foreseen in the first place billy the beast survived his debauch expressed his contrition renewed his conviction that he would get home next time and returned sober if a bit white and tremulous to the camps of the cant hook cutting and in the second place the superior body would not sanction the ordination of john fairmeadow the communication to this effect was polite it was exquisitely delicate indeed a very masterpiece of literary delicacy it conveyed praise to john fairmeadow it congratulated him upon the work he was doing in the master's vineyard it expressed the hope that he might live long to continue it it furnished him with a benediction but in terms which could not be misunderstood it at the same time assured john fairmeadow that he would be no less serviceable to his master and the church that his reward would be quite as sure and large if he should continue to labour as a lay preacher and should forthwith and for all time abandon his ambition to enter the rough field of the woods as a regularly ordained minister of the gospel the communication left out a good deal it left out for example the terms of the brief and rather humorous discussion of the case which had taken place at a session of the superior body when the younger young minister of the examining committee had made his rather facetious report he was a distinguished wag of the occurrences in the little parlour of one-eyed mag mother used to make it restaurant it omitted too all reference to an exchange of opinions aboard train in the evening of that unfortunate day when the examining committee with a revived sense of personal safety was making all haste from the proximity of billy the beast and his like what do you think jim the younger young minister inquired the other laughed come now the younger insisted be frank he's a rough diamond he is a diamond though that's sure i like him an admirable fellow a splendid fellow admirable the younger agreed splendid the other repeated i took a great fancy to him but that's it the younger interrupted hastily that's the point but there's the dignity of of course there's the dignity of the cloth to be considered and exactly i rather think he will do just as good work as a lay preacher i agree with you said the younger emphatically let us report in that way he's pretty rough a diamond of course but pretty rough there's no reason in the world why he should be ordained and i really think that the ministry should be protected against the invasion of ignorant and uncultivated men i do honestly of all this of course john fairmeadow knew nothing his rejection from this body of accepted ministers ministers in law and fact cast him down a little but did not discourage him and it did not enter his head either to accuse the young committee of unfairness or to abandon the work in disgust nothing of the sort it was not long indeed before he began to laugh at himself to think he thought in amusement with his ambition that a busy man like me could cram up all that stuff in the time i gave myself what nonsense 
and i never shall be able to cram it up i'm too busy but i must be ordained if i'm to be as useful here as i might be i must be ordained i must have the sanction of my church i must have the backing of my church if i am to organize my work and i must organize my work i must be equal in standing with the other ministers of my church but i've no time no time at all to cram that systematic theology they must ordain me without it they must and by jove i'll tell em so it was with this object in view that john fairmeadow replied to the communication of the superior body genuinely congratulating the brethren upon the wisdom of their decision in his case but requesting as a peculiar indulgence that he might have the honour of addressing the brethren in his own behalf at a future meeting and in this john fairmeadow displayed not only his wisdom but his goodness of heart it was quite impossible for the superior body with this limited knowledge of the applicant to ordain john fairmeadow and john fairmeadow had the good sense to know it the superior body was not behind in the display of good sense and kindness john fairmeadow was informed that he would in due course be notified of the time at which he would be expected to address the brethren there was a long delay to be sure but in the meantime fairmeadow was busy and minded the months of delay not at all it was the custom of pale peter's donald upon occasion to go preaching with john fairmeadow and john fairmeadow maintained and pale peter assented with a laugh that it did the boy no harm whatsoever though it might make a preacher of him in the end jack pale peter was used to saying to the minister with a grin if the lad turns out a better rascal than i i'll be content and if the good deeds you waste like water on the swine of these woods make him a better saint than yourself i'll not be disappointed it came about in this way that when fairmeadow fell in with billy the beast for the last time at camp three of the cant hook cutting young donald was at his elbow it was midwinter then and perishing cold in the world there was a still dry scorching frost it crackled brittily underfoot hard and sharp as breaking glass it broke in the shadows and black branches of the pines it seemed to echo in some uncanny way far off in the wintry forest silence there was no wind stirring the trees were black and heavily still and no frosty dust was lifted from the snow to obscure the limpid blue air the night bit like frozen iron it was forty-two below in the woods twelve miles from swamp's end donald proved it when they came to the superintendent's log office in the clearing it was late too when fairmeadow and the boy came to the first chips of the cant hook works but a full moon risen above the pines illuminated the logging road they tramped and gave even some doubtful radiance to the muskegs and deeper forests reaches ha john fairmeadow ejaculated catching breath enough at a gulp to burst the lungs of many a man it's a clean world donald laughed fairmeadow blew out a vast white cloud it enveloped him his face was like a purple moon in a mist i like it said he fetching the lad a clap on the back i like it very much it's a clean world donald and i'm very very fond of it as clean the boy grumbled as a chunk of ice breathe deep fairmeadow chuckled the night's clean in the mouth of a man 
donny tasted the metallic air god's own clean world said john fairmeadow there's no god here said donny fairmeadow caught a great breath again and beat on his big chest with both hands no sir donny protested you can't tell me that said fairmeadow he smacked his lips the night sweet in his mouth you'll have to take that said he to another shop i know what i know donald i know what i know donny shook his head no god here eh the parson cried in mock severity i'll fix you when i get you back to swamp's end know what you want you need spectacles sir for the young soul of you there's no god out of doors this night the boy declared with a wink he must crack ice to achieve he'd freeze to the heart in no time fairmeadow laughed a little where's he gone he demanded i'm hoping donald answered with a grin that we'll find him in the bunkhouse bunkhouse cried fairmeadow shall we find him in the bunkhouse donald thought so fairmeadow turned grave all at once and his voice fell soft and musing so do i said he i think so too donald i think he's in the bunkhouse alive and watchful and wistful in all those hearts donald was once more persuaded that the parson was a very kind man some day fairmeadow added god will answer with power when i entreat him god not here eh he went on not in these big clean holy woods not in this great temple maybe not maybe not after all he does not dwell in places but only in hearts he stopped to stare at a starlit ribbon of sky far beyond the black pines i had rather search for god in a bar-room said he than look for him in a star i think he added presently still regarding the far heavens that god had rather lurk in the heart of some poor woman of swamp's end that he had rather lurk there waiting in some forgotten corner than have the run of the whole wide milky way ah come on donald grumbled my nose is froze it'll thaw said fairmeadow softly they laughed together and went on the boy thought only of the peeping lights of the bunkhouse which he saw through frosted eyelashes they gave a widespread welcome searching all the pines to fellowship and a red fire to warn the bunkhouse of his coming to enliven too perhaps their lagging feet there were twelve cold miles and a set sun behind them fairmeadow broke out singing tramp tramp their feet fell with new life in them it was a stirring song it was an old song of the road onward christian soldiers marching as to war with the cross of jesus going on before and it was sung with large heartiness by big john fairmeadow of swamp's end no other voice perhaps ever before so nearly matched the great woods themselves in the clear uplifting beauty and significance of their own music christ the royal master leads against the foe forward into battle see his banners there was an exasperated interruption i reckon you're deef ain't you the voice had come whimpering in complaint from the shadow of the blacksmith's shop hello brother cried fairmeadow heartily who are you been a howlin on ye the man in the shadow snarled till i got my tongue near froze fairmeadow laughed come out my son said he and let me look at you billy the beast stepped into the moonlight you 
yes me the beast growled the parson spread his legs and stared he began to whistle with much feeling at the sign of triumph satan's host doth flee on then christian soldiers on to i want you said billy the beast yes the beast grinned like an ingratiating culprit child what do you want of me fairmeadow abruptly demanded do you want to make arrangements to be hauled out of pale peter's snake room billy kicked at the snow well said the parson i want to go home home i i want to go home fairmeadow regarded him gravely you see parson the beast went on i i just got to go home home the parson ejaculated you go home to what once more billy the beast kicked at the snow my mother wants me he explained he sighed then the parson stared at him you see parson said billy the beast simply like a boy who may excuse everything in this way my mother wants me and i got to go he was almost triumphant in his reason the parson shook his head in bewilderment i'll be out wednesday night said billy with much interest in his own doings he whispered slyly i'll be out wednesday night he peered cautiously into all the shadows round about the tote road he whispered close on nine i reckon you'll take care of me won't you parson he sighed i'll have my stake in my pocket he went on it'll be over two hundred and you'll take care of me won't you parson you'll help me past pale peter's place won't you if you let me have one drink said the beast i'll never get home it was true you see billy the beast drawled mother sent for me and i gotta go home man the parson flared are you fit to go home to your mother i reckon billy replied that she won't care much about that not care not once she gets me home there was a pause you see parson said the beast in anxious explanation mother wants me and i gotta go she's wanted you before she's sick billy added simply the parson would not speak i want to go home billy repeated that's all i just want to go home won't you help me past pale peter's place donald turned away i'll never get past pale peter's place alone donald walked off i tell you what i'll do billy said the parson heartily i'll pray for you pray for me i'll pray for you the beast laughed is that the best you can do he sneered fairmeadow answered in a flash pray for yourself hell billy laughed me what you need said fairmeadow is the grace of god in your heart get down on your knees and pray for yourself keep on praying if you do that you'll get through if you don't you won't get through i reckon billy replied that prayer won't keep my throat moist when i come to pale peter's door he licked his lips not moist he added are you going to help me parson he went on or not it's no use billy my mother's sick i tell you and i gotta go home it's no use billy god help me the beast wailed there you are fairmeadow ejaculated delighted that's the thing keep on will you help me if i do i will will you put me aboard train i will billy the beast collapsed to his knees and he began an incoherent abject petition 
presently apparently overcome he fell forward sprawling his prayer spent that's all right billy said fairmeadow you're going through this time old man or we'll know the reason why that bunch of saloon-keepers at swamp's end can't lick god and me and you chapter twenty eight father and son pale peter in the little sanctuary at the end of the bar in the red-curtained easy-chaired seclusion from the bestial confusion beyond in the cosy little harbour from all the coarse aggravations of money-making for his son's sake pale peter stared out into the thick whirling darkening storm of snow it was cold weather it was cold weather it was white tumultuous weather in which no lad should be abroad pale peter wondered where the lad was where was he anyhow with john fairmeadow of course with the quixotic preacher of righteousness to the swine of the woods but and the saloon-keeper had often admitted it the boy was in the company of the only man of all those parts who could teach him a manly way pale peter was glad but pale peter wondered and wondered in fatherly anxiety whether or not donnie was on the trails whether or not in that freezing gale the boy was fed and sheltered whether or not he followed in that white frosty weather on the heels of a man enthusiastic beyond his strength a man indeed given to the pursuit of his business beyond the strength of any lad to keep up with pale peter brooded in the warmth and easy seclusion of his place beyond the bar what would it all come to anyhow it was all for the boy the robbery the ruinous invitation the watchful cultivation of every evil propensity in the camps the damnation of souls old and young in what would it end what would the boy win from the opportunity his father's devotion would provide would he be a man when they should go east into a polite world with a fortune to ease and advance him or would he helplessly corrupted by these scenes seek only and at any cost to the hearts of other men his own way of indulgence and happiness donny pale peter thought having imagined the boy in his presence how's it going to end peter fancied that donny replied when i grow up father i'm going to be a man a decent man a decent man father that's good boy i want you to be a decent man god knows at this point in pale peter's imaginary conversation with his son donald put his arms around his father it was wretchedly sentimental of course that such a thing should enter pale peter's mind but it did nevertheless and pale peter indulging the purely imaginary caress submitted with the best grace he could summon which was grace enough to be sure to sanction the display pale peter rather liked it he liked the sense of fatherhood it gave him he liked the childishness of the act liked to deceive himself with this that the boy was yet only a child unknowing affectionate not able to be spoiled by the sins of lusty men upon which he might look but which he could not being only a little fellow understand and never could imitate not donny not the little fellow whom pale peter could still take on his knee pale peter looked out of the great window into the storm it was winter weather lord how cold it was 
and the wind was blowing and the wind coming mercilessly down from the northwest upon the pines and clearings of that section was bitter to feel and fearsome to regard it blew high a wind with strength and frost and with the blinding terror of snow pale peter was distracted from his musing a musing he could manage and fashion untroubled by the realities by the sight of a black stooped struggling little figure far off on the bottle river trail the town the situation of the red elephant the sweep of white wind-swept snow-burdened street admitted of this view it was donny that black yielding little figure it was donny sure enough pale peter fancied in a flash of alarm that something must have gone wrong but when the boy at last entered the cosy little office at the end of the bar when he had brushed himself clean of snow when he stood rosy and breathless and sparkling and straight before pale peter pale peter was not afraid donny was surely well there was no doubt about that hello kid hello pop what's the matter boy nothing what brought you home oh nothing pale peter watched the boy throw off his little pack watched him ease his sturdy legs of the strain of the laces of his big boots heard him sigh and observed that the lad would not look him in the eyes wherefore he was again alarmed what's the matter kid he repeated nothing's the matter pop where's jack gone to cattle camp without you i thought i'd come home pop while i could get out of the woods donny began it's bad weather pop and i didn't want to get snowed in you see he ran on with lively interest billy the beast's coming out from the cant hook on wednesday he's going home again peter laughed yes said donny and he's bound through this time jack swears it jack says that billy's going through this time or he'll know the reason why i think jack'll win and i wanted to be here pop to see him on the job good peter ejaculated jack'll win all right donny repeated glad of it said peter nothing i'd like better he added than to see billy the beast go home it would mean a good deal pop around here to whom to jack and me anyhow jack says it would help our work your work well jack's work i mean all right old man pale peter declared i'll see to it that billy the beast does go home i tell you donny billy the beast when i get through with him won't find a bar at swamp's end where he can spend a penny if you want him to go home old man he'll go home that's all right whatever you say will go billy the beast can't spend a cent of his wages at swamp's end if you say the word hold on pop what's the matter that's no good pop you see but i want to help you you can't pop you're on the other side oh look here now old fellow what side am i on the other pop and the best thing you can do is to play the game we want to get billy through all right and jack is going to but we want to see billy help himself that's what jack says all you have to do pop is to give billy a decent show you can't get his money this time billy's bound to go through pop and if he goes through without any help donny boy yes father has it come to this between you and me that you're on one side and i'm on the other why father has it come to this why of course father donny replied in pain you see that's all boy 
father no no that's all right boy and look here old man i'll play fair but i'll play hard watch out for me all right father donnie replied confidently but we'll lick the life out of you pale peter sighed yes sir the boy reiterated donnie said pale peter gravely you don't seem to care very much about your father any more father donnie cried in horror not much boy donald threw himself into his father's arms when the boy had gone pale peter had no relief from his mood no ease at all indeed pale peter was not a fool he understood precisely what change had occurred within his young son he had moreover observed it coming observed its gradual appearance and growth there had been reproachful glances enough god knew in these last months to make the thing plain to the veriest dullard donnie's attitude towards the business had changed whereas sitting cross-legged on charlie the infidel's bar he had once watched with amusement the knavery practised there he now turned in resentment from every trick of the trade pale peter was perfectly cognizant of this but he had not fancied that the change had gone so far that it was a fixed and growing thing that the boy had already taken sides against him sides against him sides against his own father it was incredible but it was true and pale peter was neither fool enough to deny it nor fool enough to be bewildered in respect to what had caused the change in the boy john fairmeadow was the source of it all john fairmeadow john fairmeadow's preaching and practice in the world of the woods john fairmeadow's manly way and uplifted soul whatever pale peter might think of the value of these kindly services to the lumberjacks to whose interests they were devoted he was not fool enough to discover in john fairmeadow a misguided an ignorant a selfish or a visionary man not by any means pale peter was no fool but damn jack anyhow he grumbled i wish to god he'd never come here but did pale peter wish that john fairmeadow had never chanced upon swamp's end not at all pale peter was sensible of the advantage he had gained for his son in john fairmeadow's presence and fairmeadow had played fair in the game he had undertaken in the game which indeed he had been challenged to undertake pale peter was perfectly well aware of it pale peter had taken pains to discover john fairmeadow's methods and he had learned that however much john fairmeadow might have desired to fashion the boy's attitude towards evil in the world he had not sought to lay violent hands on the boy's love for his father but there had been a change in that affection if not john fairmeadow's fault whose fault was it not the boy's to be sure the boy was loyal to the core and was not aware as yet that his filial regard for his father was endangered it was the fault of the business pale peter determined the boy had grown faster than his father had known had been too apt at acquiring the ideals john fairmeadow had continuously exposed to his view pale peter had been caught napping but pale peter would wake up he would nap no longer he would act and that without undue delay to preserve for himself what measure of his son's respect he could manage to keep 
he had fortune enough for them both at any rate they could go east in comfort and pale peter at ease could watch the growth of his son in all manly qualities and he would not fail to thank john fairmeadow in the meantime for the fine progress his son had made the boy would forget swamp's end of course the boy was only a child and but i wonder pale peter mused if he will forget donald must forget and being only a child of course he but i wonder pale peter mused notwithstanding the fine visions he summoned from the future to comfort him there remained with pale peter of the red elephant an aching sense of separation from his son it was yet early when the boy entered the easy-chaired little office at the end of the bar to say good-night to his father good-night pop said he with lack of interest what his father ejaculated as early as this i'm tired why kid it's only i know pop but i'm awfully tired and i want to go to bed pale peter took the boy on his knee look here son said he what's the matter with you nothing nothing at all i'm a little bit tired pop that's all pale peter mused for a little looking the while into the black windy street and upon the lights of the rival cafe of egyptian delights blazing across the way donny said he yes father somehow boy pale peter went on you're not very happy any more be frank with your father boy tell him what's the matter he'll fix it boy whatever it is he'll fix it donny made no answer come son why pop donny exclaimed sitting up his eyes looking straight into his father's and with the light of accusation blazing in them you see well oh i can't tell you what's the matter boy nothing there's nothing the matter nothing nothing i'm tired that's all pop what do you want me to do nothing there was silence then for a time between the two the gale waxed in strength it was deep night deep and terrible with darkness with deeper night impending pale peter looking out from his easy chair into the cold swirl of the world was troubled and being troubled being apprehensive of that which he could not see he slipped a fatherly arm about his child than whom in all the world there was nobody else to cling to and protect deep night outside indeed cruel with frost and wind and darkness deeper night impending donny pale peter whispered yes father i know what's the matter boy and i'm going to fix it too fix what donny dully asked never mind boy but i'm going to fix it and you'll be glad when i've done what you want me to do i'll not tell you donny i'll show you and you'll be glad oh, that's good donny began feverishly to move in his father's arms pale peter could not quiet him the boy was hot and restless and ill at ease the trail from the cant hook had evidently been too much for him a rest would do him good a long sound sleep and a long sound sleep he should have ay indeed time for bed donny said pale peter donny yawned off you go boy yep you're tired kid pale peter laughed yep pop said donny returning the laugh i'm awfully tired good night pop good night 
the boy moved away but halted and turned and came again we're all right aren't we boy pale peter rallied him smiling you bet we are we're going to be on the same side after this aren't we you bet we are pop you bet we are donnie stood undecided well his father asked anybody looking pop no donnie brushed his lips against his father's cheek just like it used to be said he happily when i was only a kid just like it used to be said pale peter with feeling thank god good night pop good night i'm awfully tired donnie yawned it occurred to pale peter all at once this was late in the night that the boy was ill good god thought he what if i should lose him the boy was flushed but sleeping peacefully pale peter made haste to find out oh he's all right pale peter thought i i guess i'm a little bit out of sorts myself he went back to the bar but he could not rid himself of the fear that haunted him nor could he be rid of the insistent question good god what if i should lose him End of chapter 28